Good morning, everyone. Today we will be in Jeremiah chapter 4. So Jeremiah was a prophet, and as a prophet, his job was to deliver God's messages to the people. You know how we have mailmen who deliver our mail? We can think of Jeremiah as being God's personal mailman. Now, being God's mailman sounds like a really cool and important job, right? And maybe even fun, too. Well, the messages prophets got to deliver weren't always so kind and loving like we might would think. When you think of words to describe our God, would you use kind and loving? I know I would. But what are some other words that you can think of to use to describe God? Some that I can think of are amazing, gentle, helpful, a friend, smart or wise, perfect, and almighty or powerful. God shows us all the time that he is all of those things and more. But in this specific message he had Jeremiah deliver to the people, he was basically telling them that they needed to stop doing the evil and wrong things that they were doing or else and reminding them of his great power. Now, I don't know about you guys, but that would be pretty scary. And I would not have wanted to be the one delivering that message either. It's very hard for me to think of God as being angry. I mean, can you guys? I normally would never think of using the word angry to describe God, but he was very angry. And I would imagine maybe even hurt or sad at this time, too. Currently, he was angry with his people for many reasons, one most importantly being because they were worshiping false gods. The people are later told that a very powerful wind was going to come their way. This wind was foreseen to cause total and complete destruction of all the wonderful things God created. Now, this angry and powerful God is just not the one I always imagine and think of. But towards the end, in verse 27, we do see just a small glimpse of the kind and loving God we know who forgives us and shows us grace and mercy. And that's when he says, The whole land will be ruined though I will not destroy it completely. So after all of the wrong things that God's people did, and even after God decides to cast his wrath upon his own people, there is still a tiny bit of hope for good in that he would not completely destroy the whole land. From this lesson, the hope is that we can all learn to remember that even in the most awful times in our life, there's always a tiny glimpse of hope for something good. A saying I always like to remind myself of is that the storms may never stop, but neither will the rainbows. And in life, it reminds me that there will always be storms or times that we will go through that are just dark and difficult and sad. But the storm will pass, and after it does, if you look or think hard enough, you can always find something beautiful, like a rainbow, and something good. 
And in the moment, it can be really difficult to think of what good could possibly come from those times in our life. But if we can just put all of our trust in God and allow his plans to play out, everything will be just fine and as it should be. Let us pray. God, we know that you have a plan for each of our lives, but sometimes it is hard to understand why certain things happen. We ask that even when we make mistakes, are struggling to understand, or are questioning and doubting you, that you would just pull us close and somehow remind us to lean on you. Lord, we love you and we ask all of this in your holy name. Amen. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day and I will see you next time.
the Lord be with you. I invite you to bow and to pray with me. With you, Lord Jesus, there is always a marvelous hope. When all seems bleak and we feel so deeply our weakness and helplessness, give us a special awareness of your presence, your love, and your strength so that nothing may frighten or worry us. Help us to see your Christ, your cross in our lives, that we might see clearly that you spare nothing to protect, to save, to redeem, to bring hope, to overcome when we are unable to overcome. Help us to be your example for others showing them that you walk beside us when we are downcast, just like you walked beside the disciples on the Emmaus Road. When they were disheartened, sad, full of sorrow and despair, you came to them and walked with them. And all of life changed for them, and sorrow became joy and good news transformed their hearts, and they were filled with new purpose and new life. Disease, inflation, war, suffering, poverty, homelessness, you know, Lord Jesus, that we are living in a world where it is so easy to feel alone, depressed, anxious, brokenhearted, Remind us of the joy of our faith. Remind us that in reaching out to others, it is then that we find ourselves, that it is in giving that we do truly receive. Place our eyes on the good that surrounds us, the goodness of our God, the strength of our faith, the power of a good and loving church, our families, our friends, the gifts we have to offer the world, the beauty of sunshine and rain, of the animals of field, air, and water, the heaven-pointing mountains and lush valleys, people working for peace, people who protect and rescue, people who work to heal body and spirit, people who leave their families and risk their lives to fight what is evil. Yes, Lord, you created this world and called it good. Help us to see the goodness in this world you have made. We pray for all who work for good, who work to bring goodness into the most difficult and dangerous of places who feed the hungry, who shelter the homeless, who care for the sick, who proclaim liberty to the captive, who pray for the prisoner, and who do so much more. As we pray for others, surround them with your comfort and your compassion. Let them feel your unconditional love wrapping around them calming their fears, lightening their hearts.
you who are our refuge in good and in bad times. In your infinite mercy, bring your peace and comfort to all in need in these days that stress and weary. Teach us to know and rely upon the joy of the Lord as our strength, especially now as we pray together the prayer you still teach us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Today's scripture is Jeremiah 4, verses 11 and 12, and 22 through 28. At that time, it will be said to this people and to Jerusalem, a hot wind comes from me out of the bare heights in the desert toward my poor people, not to winnow or cleanse, a wind too strong for that. Now it is I who speak in judgment against them. For my people are foolish, they do not know me, they are stupid children. They have no understanding. They are skilled in doing evil, but do not know how to do good. I looked on the earth and lo, it was waste and void into the heavens and they had no light. I looked on the mountains and lo, they were quaking and all the hills moved to and fro. I looked and lo, there was no one at all and all the birds of the air had fled. I looked and lo, the fruitful land was a desert, and all its cities were laid in ruins before the Lord, before his fierce anger. For thus says the Lord, the whole land shall be a desolation, yet I will not make a full end. Because of this, the earth shall mourn, and the heavens above grow black. For I have spoken, I have purposed, I have not relented, nor will I turn back. This is the word of God for the people of God. The Lord be with you. As a seminary student and as a candidate for pastoral ministry, I was taught that every sermon is an opportunity to preach God's grace. God's grace is the heart of everything we do and think and live as United Methodists. God's grace, God's grace that renews, God's grace that redeems, God's grace that rebuilds and brings new beginnings, God's grace that forgives even the worst offense and keeps us right with God and with each other, God's grace. In every passage I was taught, find the grace and you have found your sermon. And then you run into a passage like Jeremiah 4. And all of it comes to a screeching halt. Everything you've been taught. Find the grace find the grace a scorching wind blows toward my people this is no wind to winnow this is no wind to calm and soothe imagine a huge windstorm or just a cloud of sand getting ready to de devastate and destroy Homes, livestock, fields, all of it. It's this kind of wind. The verses go on. Now I pronounce my judgments against them. My people are fools. They are skilled in doing evil. The whole land 
will be ruined. That is scary stuff. And where is any message of grace? Did you hear any message of grace in it? And it's worse than you may know. Prophet Jeremiah, known as the weeping prophet for a reason, says, I looked at the earth and it was formless and empty. That's how bad it's going to get. Now remember, God created the world out of chaos. Well, now that's gone. God created light. Well, now that's gone. God created mountains that cannot be moved. Well, that's gone now too. The very mountains God created are quaking and trembling and swaying and threatening to topple at any moment. The birds of the air, the beasts of the field, the creatures of the seas. Now, Jeremiah says, all the birds have flown away. Even they know something about, is about to happen and they know it's going to be terrifying. Everything God did at creation is being reversed. And all we can say is, well, it's gone now. Towns will be turned into deserts. Human dwellings will lay, be leveled. And God speaks the final word. God speaks and says, the whole land will be ruined. Jeremiah is preaching the funeral of the world. At the very least, he's preaching the funeral of the nation Judah, who ignores God, who no longer knows God, who whose people are skilled at doing evil. How would you like to be known for that? Where is the grace in these verses? Is there grace in these verses? I suppose there is in these verses something which some might consider to be a glimmer of hope a small ray of sunshine. Verse 27, the whole land will be ruined, though I will not destroy it completely. Not much grace there, is it? Some, but it's minuscule. But what if we could find grace in these verses? Jeremiah is prophesying the end of God's people the same way uh, of Noah. God will judge. God will avenge. But, but I will not destroy completely. A few will be spared. If we can find grace in this then we will truly know there is grace for us in any of life's situations we shall face. 
when everything good seems to be behind us, we know there is grace. We will know there is grace to be found. When we don't think we can go, go on anymore, we will know there is grace to be found. When our world is trembling and swaying like the mountains, we will know there is grace to be found. And people of God, there is good news. There is grace to be found. God's grace is found in Jeremiah. For the same God who says, the whole land will be ruined, is the same God who says in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I, know, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. That's grace. That's grace. The same God who says, the earth will mourn and the heavens above grow dark because I have spoken and will not relent is the same God who says, I go to prepare a place for you. My peace I leave with you. The same God who talked of a coming world where there are no more tears, no more death, no sighing, no weeping, no pain. Swords have been beaten into plowshares. The, there is a new creation and God shall usher it in. God shall usher it in. In many ways, our world seems to be heading to the ruin of Jeremiah 4. Climate change, global tension, clogged shipping lanes, partisan politics, incurable diseases, terrorism, racial divisions, human trafficking, poverty, hunger. I even watched a news report the other night where one man killed another man over a parking spot. How long is that list? There are so many other things we could add to it. But I still believe and stand up for strongly in our Jeremiah 29 God. Our God to whom every nation and tribe of every language shall gather to the Lamb who shed his blood for us all. Such love, such marvelous grace. Yes, there is grace in these verses. Whatever our circumstance or situation, God has a better end in sight. For us, hope is just another name for God. Some of us need to hear this. With more than 20 in our church family suffering with COVID, some of us need to know there is grace for us. 
some of us are desperately missing loved ones. Some of us are sitting in hospitals and rehab centers next to the bed of someone we love with tears in our hearts and eyes. They need to hear there is grace. But perhaps the greatest grace is found in the Jeremiah prophecy itself. Any grace in these verses is awfully hard to find. It is extraordinarily difficult to find. We have to look hard for it. We have to search it out. Well, we live in a world where grace can be hard to find, where people yearn for grace and are looking for it hard, extraordinarily hard. Judah had lost their way. Jeremiah says they no longer knew their God. But we aren't lost, are we? We know our God, don't we? These verses call us to be grace for others. Grace people can see. In a world so lacking in grace, Jeremiah reminds us that we walk for God and live to share God's grace, to be God's grace for others, to show the world that hope is just another name for God. What a privilege. You and I can be good news and we can be that grace, God's grace, in a weary world. Amen. May God grant us courage to confront a world where people are sometimes cruel and life is often harsh with your justice. Give us faith to go into a world where people are weak and life is barren and speak of hope. God beside you, God in you, God from you today and always. Amen.